Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in South Africa and by our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK. And today we focus on the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. After two rounds of games, seven teams are on maximum points. That's Congo, Algeria, Cameroon, Burkina Faso, Cape Verde, Senegal and Tunisia. But Nigeria and Egypt have both made poor starts. We analyse how the race is shaping up. And also we take a look at some more of the transfers involving African players in the final few days of the European transfer window. How will Cameroon's Alex Song do at West Ham United? You know, at Arsenal and at Barcelona, he's been perhaps um, not one of the star players. Whereas coming in to West Ham, you know, I think one would expect him to take on a lot of responsibility. More on Alex Song coming up. But first, what a start to the group stage of qualifying for the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations. We've had two rounds of group games in the space of six days. Uh, the finals, by the way, take place early next year in Morocco. And we have 20. 28 teams competing for 15 places. They're in seven qualifying groups and the top two in each group go through to the finals along with the best third place finisher. Well, the standout result was Cameroon's 4-1 victory over Ivory Coast in Group D on Wednesday. Cameroon having had a terrible World Cup, but they have two wins out of two now, Solomon, and seem to be doing well without captain Samuel Eto'o, who's retired from international football. Ivory Coast, uh, for me, was a bit laid back and uh, they missed a couple of chances uh, through Jovinho and Wilfred Bonny. Uh, you know, they had a rush of chances uh, to definitely change the scoreline in their favour, but they couldn't do that. Only a consolation got f- goal from uh, Yaya Torre, uh, but Cameroon got great goals, four goals from the Cameroonian uh, duo Vincent Abubakar and Clinton J, who both uh, scored a brace each. Uh, Cameroon will be so happy with life after Samuel Eto. Great young side. We've seen how they've been rebuilding and the way that they scored those goals despite the equaliser from Yaya Torre. It's great to see Cameroon playing the kind of football that they played. Two of the goals, the last goal especially, it was a classic a one-two passes and chesting the ball and volleying the volley into the goal. Uh, I thought that was the Cameroon that a lot of people are used to and uh, definitely football fans across Africa will begin to fall in love with Cameroonian football again if they can, if they maintain this t- sort of consistency. It's definitely uh, about time we see new generation of players coming in and really are leading Cameroon again. So a terrific start then for Cameroon in the qualifiers. Not so for the defending champions Nigeria. Just one point from two games. They played out a tough goalless draw in Cape Town with South Africa on Wednesday and were shocked on Saturday, losing 3-2 at home to Congo Brazzaville, their first home defeat, Solomon, in 33 years. Not good for Nigeria. Uh, not a good start. If you are defending champions and you really want to be able to uh, defend your crown, uh, you really have to show a a lot of intention. So Nigeria, no win so far. They played so well at the World Cup. Do you see there's any problem with Nigeria? Is it on the field? Is it these off-the-field administrative issues perhaps affecting their play? 
I feel it's a bit of both, Steve.、Uh, administratively, we've seen the whole drama about the Nigerian Football Association Secretary General, that is Aminu Amegari, who was、uh, sort of impeached. You know, he was kicked out, and FIFA insisted. You know, he has to come back. Nigeria Football Association need to bring him back to complete his term uh, and uh, wait for the right time to have an election later this month of September. Giwa Chief Giwa was brought in to run. The affairs. He was elected by part of the, the board, which was not complete, and FIFA never recognized that. And I guess the drama around the football administration、uh, is taking a lot of energy and focus instead of focusing on the Super Eagles and also、uh, about the contract of the coach, Coach Stephen Keshi. He doesn't really have a written, sealed, signed, and delivered contract right now. I think Nigerian football still has what it takes.、Uh, the players are still young. It's not a case of. Changing the team totally, but it's a case of really focusing and making sure you get、uh, the job done. You do what you were supposed to do. Nigeria will play、uh, Sudan home and away next month.、Uh, we've got、uh, two games each month up until November.、Uh, also, not making the best of starts are Ghana. They've got four points, but、uh, they struggled really in both games so far. Coming from behind to draw one-one with Uganda. And a late winner from Christian Achu as they won 3-2 away to Togo, a game where Emmanuel Adebayor scored for Togo. Yes, it was great to see Emmanuel Adebayor heading that goal for Togo、uh, from a corner kick. I thought、uh, Ghana didn't really do well. They were not really convincing for me. But what it, that's what it is all about: going away from home. Togo would be a bit disappointed with themselves, but、uh, Ghana would be happy、uh, knowing that you know they have to go out and they have a, a game against Guinea. Uh, next month, so they really have to get themselves together. And、uh, Group G, very interesting indeed. Seven-time African champions Egypt have two defeats out of two, whereas Senegal looked to be very resurgent with two wins out of two. Sadio Mane scoring in both games as they beat Egypt two nil and beat Botswana away by the same scoreline. Egypt losing one nil at home to Tunisia on Wednesday night. No points for them so far, and Tunisia two wins out of two in Group G. It's a Great time for Senegalese football.、Uh, you know, I feel Senegal has not been playing well lately. Not been able to qualify for major championships. Coming close, despite having like great players. And Senegal, for me, is definitely one of the form team. So Senegal very impressive. Tunisia making a great start too, but a tough times for sure for Egypt. Well, thanks, Solomon. Now we've been asking for your thoughts on the Nations Cup qualifiers on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Abdou Dem from the Gambia says a renewed Senegalese side had a fantastic victory over the Pharaohs of Egypt. My neighbours will surely rewrite their names in the CAF book. Well,、uh, Lamine Sabah Manka says kudos to the Taranga Lions of Senegal. The tables have turned. Abli Osisi says that was a below-par performance by the seven-time African champions Egypt in that game against Senegal. Adama Baji says what a victory for Cameroon over Ivory Coast with that 4-1 win on Wednesday. And David Ngulue says it's all about Malawi. Yes, well done to Malawi for that 3-2 win over Ethiopia on Wednesday. Well, thanks a lot for those comments, and you can continue to give us your views on the Nations Cup qualifiers on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and that's all one word. And good news—you can now get in touch with us on WhatsApp with your comments on our weekly topic, plus any other comments and questions. The WhatsApp number is plus four four seven nine double five. 
two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. So this week, do get in touch and give us your views on the Nations Cup qualifiers. The number again: plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. And I'll repeat that WhatsApp number at the end of the show. Now, last week, our European football expert Stuart Weir looked at some of the transfers involving African players in the final few days of the European transfer window. We didn't get time to finish, so let's talk about a few more. West Ham have signed former Arsenal midfielder Alex Song on a season-long loan deal from Barcelona. The 26-year-old Cameroon international joined Barcelona in 2012 from Arsenal. And um, I don't know, Stuart, is Alex Song a bit of an overrated player, maybe? Well, Steve, um, the last time you and I were talking about uh, Alex Song was when he got that really ridiculous, stupid red card for Cameroon against Croatia uh, in the World Cup. I mean, he had a good spell at Arsenal where he played 138 games, regular in the first team for most of that time. And then he got the chance to go to Barcelona. And I suppose who can turn down the chance to go to Barcelona? But, I mean, he was very much in and out at Barcelona. You know, he only started 12 games last season. He's only 26, so arguably he's got his best years ahead of him. Uh, West Ham may kickstart his uh, his career. Now, he's been saying all the right things, like that uh, West Ham has got uh, real ambition and they'll be pushing for the European positions. Well, some of us think that if West Ham avoid relegation, that may that ought to be the, um, the sum of their ambitions. Uh, Alex Song is a player who's never totally impressed me, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do at West Ham. You know, at Arsenal and at Barcelona, he's been perhaps um, not one of the star players, whereas coming in to West Ham, you know, I think one would expect him to take on a lot of responsibility to be the person running the midfield. So it'll be very interesting to watch him and to see whether he can have a real impact on West Ham and whether indeed I'm wrong and he can make them push for European places. Just watch this space. Yeah, well, maybe. A question mark for me, but we'll see how it works out there. Um, now, Aston Villa's Morocco international midfielder Karim El Amadi has rejoined Feyenoord in the Netherlands on a three-year deal. Uh, now, something he said that he thought was going to happen sooner or later, Stuart. Well, he's played most of his career in the Netherlands. He had five seasons at 20 and Sheda and then three seasons at Feyenoord uh, before coming uh, to uh, Aston Villa and yeah, he's done alright at Aston Villa he's played 50 games in, in his two and a bit seasons but uh, you know I think that if you spent that length of time in the Netherlands and particularly seasons with Feyenoord uh, I can see the attraction of, of going back there Aston Villa I think will struggle again this season I think that they'll be mid to bottom half uh, and Feyenoord, of course, are one of those teams that can win things in the Netherlands. So, yeah, you know, I think it's a good move for him. Uh, he's 29, so perhaps another four or five years to come. So, yeah, I think that's a, probably a good move for him. And uh, another player who's been on the move, we saw him at the World Cup, uh, Safir Tadir of Algeria. Well, that's a very strange one because uh, he is an Inter Milan player and they decided to lend him to Southampton for the season. But after a month, during which he hadn't played, Southampton said, no, thank you, and sent him back. Whereupon immediately Inter Milan um, have lent him out to Sassuolo. So um, interesting, really, that uh, Inter Milan clearly want to keep his services but not actually use him.
So 22-year-old Safia Taider of Algeria is on loan from Inter Milan to a much smaller Italian Serie A club, Sassuolo. And there have been some rather unusual loan moves of late in European football. Among them, Fernando Torres, loaned by Chelsea to AC Milan for two years. A very long period for a loan. In some cases, clubs can't buy players outright because of spending limits under UEFA fair play rules. So, Stuart, how have we seen loan deals change over the years? You know, traditionally, loan deals used to be for a short period when an injury crisis required a player to be signed for a month or two. But it's now become completely different. We have the kind of financial loan deal. I mean, for example, Manchester United are unable to purchase Radamel Falcao outright this season uh, for financial reasons partly to do with the UEFA financial fair play rules. So what they've done is they have taken him on loan for a season with a view to buying him at the end of the season. And again, partly because these days Premier League clubs have such large squads that they simply cannot give them playing time. And, I mean, Chelsea have currently got 26 players who are out on loans to other clubs in England, Spain, Netherlands, Germany and Italy. And this surely cannot be good for the game, that a club like Chelsea can have 26 players under contract that it doesn't want or cannot use at the moment, but it wants to keep them tied to the club. I mean, a great example of this was the the current Chelsea goalkeeper uh, Courtois, uh, who was the deputy to uh, Peter Cech. Uh, Chelsea wanted him to get playing time, so they loaned him to Atletico Madrid. And, you know, he played there. He played in the World Cup for Belgium as an Atletico Madrid player. Uh, and now he has come back and is looks as if he's going to be the Chelsea starting keeper with a Peter Cech now uh, on the bench. But, as I say, I do think that it means that a small number of large clubs are in danger of controlling all the top players. And uh, the ones that they don't need will be out on loan. And indeed, sometimes they will be purchasing a player years before they want to play him in the first team, simply in order to stop someone else getting him. Well, among the players loaned out by Chelsea are Ghana's Christian Achu to Everton and Nigeria's Victor Moses to Stoke City. Well, thanks a lot, Stuart, and that's it for today's show. But do give us your reaction to the Nations Cup qualifiers on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to our brand new number, plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. Send us a WhatsApp. Tell us what you think about the way that the first two rounds of Nations Cup qualifying have gone. The number again, plus 447955232780. From me, Steve Vickers from Solomon Ashams and Stuart Weir, thanks for being with us. You can find us online at planetsport.tv and Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.